0: Hello and welcome back to the podcast, everyone. It is Aries season. And yes, you guessed it. I'm an Aries. Which means, according to astrology, it's my prime season to be fiery and bold and brash. So we're gonna go with that. And today I'm definitely feeling a certain type of way. I went running on the west side running path, and there was this little cement poking out of the ground, and I tripped on it, which never happens, and then I cut my hands and my knees. And then I was like, do I really want to run back? But, you know, because we're a badass women out here, I decided to pull through. I ran all the way back. And then I got hungry and I wanted to eat very specifically this mush oats blueberry oatmeal. And if anyone has not had it, I highly recommend it. It's really good. And I also wanted a kind bar. And so uh, instead of walking the two blocks more in Williams, which would have made economical sense and also was a really nice day today. But I decided instead to door dash this. So yeah, that's the mood we're in today. We're not leaving this couch. And on top of that, I decided to order myself a more substantial lunch. And it's a weird time because as I'm speaking, it's 6 p.m. But we order lunch and suddenly my order was wrong. And this is a place that I would order from all the time. I just hit like 40 orders. So I'm like VIP like... I'm, I'm a loyal fan. And unfortunately, this time it was wrong. So I was a little bit, ah, a little bit sad, disappointed. So I ended up ordering it again. So anyway, today it's airy season and we are in a mood, my friends. In my last episode, I mentioned I feel like I'm living my own sex in the city version in New York City, which is totally true. Um, I asked you guys on the No Plans, the podcast Instagram What kind of topics you'd be interested in listening to? And thank you guys for voting because by landslide, you guys want me to continue to talk about dating, which is fun because don't get me wrong. I love talking about dating. I mean, I I won't shut up about it, but I also am like, hmm, is this podcast slowly turning into like a mini less crazy version of Caller Daddy? We'll see. The future's uncertain, but it's bright. Anyway, so today we're going to talk about my thoughts on what it's really like to date in New York City. So to give you guys some context, I've been living in New York for around 10 years now. I came to New York for college in 2013 and yes, fell in love with the city. I was like, there's truly no better city in the United States than New York City. I considered San Francisco for like a few minutes, but There was just too much negative feedback. And I was like, no, I'm staying put in New York City. So anyway, I live in New York, probably dated in New York for around nine years because I want to subtract a year during the corona times because that period of time, I truly wasn't seeing anyone. So I've been here for a bit. You know, I've came, I've seen, conquered, sometimes unsuccessfully, and I'm here to talk about it. You know, am I a dating expert? No, by no means. Am I a dating expert? Because if I were, I would be married by now. But as you guys know, I'm not I'm very single, single F. And um, so just take this with a grain of salt, as you will. And these are just my thoughts, my experiences as a native New Yorker, because the threshold is 10 years of living in New York. And I'm just going to share my thoughts on what it's like to date in New York City. So as you guys may know, right, obviously New York is a big city. So many people, so many young people. There's so many options, but as you guessed, so little time. It's like, yes, when you move to New York, you're like a little fish, like a little guppy in a massive pond. Statistically, according to numbers that I forgot where I got these from, there are more girls than guys in the city, which means that they are more attractive, successful, and cool girls than there are guys. So this pond is especially juicy and great for all of our male fishes. But for the girl fishes, we're like scratching our heads or our fins or whatever and asking ourselves, where are all the eligible men? Where? Mm -hmm. They're either taken because they're in a relationship or... They're not interested in women, which is just the story of our lives. Or worst case scenario, they're in both buckets. They're taken and they're not interested in girls. So so that's what we're dealing with, fellow females, okay? And I'm not trying to discourage us girls, but this is what the numbers are saying. And I'm going to be honest, right? So now that I'm almost 30, I'm 28, my mindset about dating has changed over the years. And I'm actually gonna do another episode on my current mindset. I'm gonna dive into that in more detail. But basically these days, as I've you know seen more, experienced more, gotten older and definitely wiser, I feel like I'm enjoying actually being single. And that might be weird to say, right? Because I know as a society, as a whole universe, right? We think that women, especially as they get older, like around 30, they should ideally be in a stable, healthy relationship. And, you know, to continue your heritage or whatever, you should marry and have kids soon. And I'm going to be honest, that was the message I was given as a kid. And I sort of was aiming for that, especially when I was younger and like in my early 20s. But now that I've been in New York for a while, dated around, met a lot of different types of people, I realized that I'm actually pretty good just being by myself. And like, this is me saying this now, like primary season 2023. And I'm actually enjoying just being by myself, doing my own thing, Doing whatever I want on the weekends, hanging out with my friends, just going wild, you know? Like work hard during the week, have a great time on the weekends, like play hard. And that's been working so far. I feel like I don't feel that unfulfilled. And I don't feel like I'm really missing anything because there's just always so much going on in the week. It's just always busy. Sometimes I'll meet friends for dinner or drinks. Weekends, there's always something going on. But I will say, when I was younger and I was, you know, in college or straight out of college, this was definitely not the case because I was like, okay, I should try to find a person who I could see myself dating long term. And I had this whole like checklist in my mind. I was like, okay, you know, for example, he should go to a good school because, you know, I was also a major nerd and really valued education. He should have a good job, make a stable income. He should be pretty attractive. You know, I should feel excited when I see him or I'm around him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when I'd be on dating apps or meeting people in real life and I met somebody who I thought matched these criteria, I was like, wow, all right, this should in theory work out. Because he seemed great on paper, he had a great resume. Uh, we should just, at this point, right, right into the sunset, happily ever after. But obviously, that was very, very false, and I, you know, learned that through experiences. And, you know, I also have been in situations where I jumped into relationships too quickly, and I was thinking, okay. This is a really nice guy. He treats me very well. Um, you know, all these other checklists, right, or criteria are met, and you know, I should, I should give him a shot and we should date. So, of course, we start dating, and slowly we realize we're just not compatible or it's just not a really fulfilling relationship. But I stay. And at the time I was thinking, what if? You know, this is just a normal part of being in a stable relationship. Like you're not always happy or there are some things that you need to learn to deal with because that's just life. I was thinking all these different things that I now, of course, disagree with. But at the time I was thinking like, oh, this guy's so nice to me, even though there are like X, Y, Z reasons I'm not happy. I should just stay because what if there's no other great guy out there? in this big pond, and I finally met one of the good ones. And, you know, what if eventually everyone just settles? I was telling myself a lot of these things that I now realize are false because I don't think anyone should feel like they need to be in a situation that doesn't make you happy. Because I also mentioned this in my last podcast episode, which is life is so short, and ideally, you are in a situation, you're with somebody that you are genuinely happy with most of the time. Obviously, not every relationship is going to be rainbows and daisies all the time, and that's that's normal. But you should feel in, in your gut that it's the right relationship. Anyway, so that was a little tangent, but my point is my mindset over time has changed to slowly be more and more okay just being single and doing my own thing but of course that doesn't mean i'm like signing off on the possibility of going out and meeting somebody great like i'm definitely still open to that and i know that there's so many great people in the city that i probably haven't met yet and i'm open to that you know but I think as you get older and as you live in the city more, you meet more people, you realize that even though something may not work out or you may not be happy with the whole dating experience, that's okay. I honestly feel like that's a rite of passage in the city. Everyone has a phase where they're just like, dating sucks because, you know, you go on all these dates, they don't work out, or, you know, whatever, like you ghost each other. But then I'm gonna tell you, as somebody who's been here for a while, that it does get better. Either you meet more and more great people, or like me, you realize, you know what, it's okay. Like, worst case scenario is you're just living your own life and meeting other people in the meantime. I also wanna just say that another reason why I think I'm more okay being single these days is because I think that slowly right as you go through more experiences you realize that naturally your standards just rise I'm just way less patient and I put up with way less things that I know won't make me happy so personally for me right okay guy I meet doesn't pay for drinks on the first date bye boy bye dude lives in New York New Jersey I'm sorry, but not sorry. See you later. Like guy doesn't text you back in two days because quote unquote, he's too busy at work. Bye for real. Like it's just like, yes, standards have gone up because yes, I'm more and more okay with being single and living my own life and doing my own thing. And so the bar is higher for me to want to give that up and make the time investment in something outside of that world that I now live in. It's like when you pass your quarter life crisis and you meet people and you have a good impression and you have a positive vibe with each other, over time, if you get to know each other better, it's either hell yes or hell no. And if it's hell no, then it's like, okay, bye. Like Back to having fun, binge watching White Lotus or Gossip Girl on my couch. You know, it's like, if it comes down to it, I will channel my best Kourtney Kardashian, yes, Kourtney Kardashian energy, and find my Travis Barker at age 40, or whatever age she married him. Or I'll become that like career woman who builds her empire and meets a Pete Davidson at 40. I don't know. The future is uncertain, like I said, but bright, okay? Now, the next segment of this episode is where I'm gonna talk about the types of guys in New York City. Okay, just pause to take a sip of my wine. So let me count, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, so let me tell you guys, there are five types of guys in New York City. The first kind, and this is the most popular kind of guy by far. And definitely, everyone, if you've been in New York for more than 24 hours, you've met one of these. And this is the infamous finance bro. So as we know by now, everyone, there's three types of major finances or finance jobs. Um, So there's the investment banker. Usually this is the guy straight out of college working like 52 hours a day, okay? And then there's the private equity guy who also apparently also works... 40 hours a day and then there's the hedge fund guy who makes a ton of money but I don't know I think maybe their hours a little bit better but they're still working 30 hours a day basically these finance bro guys are making a lot of money but they also work way too much for like a normal human to take and so if you if you do the math right if you divide the amount of money they make by the time they spend at their computers or in the office, then it's like, actually, are they making minimum wage? And okay, that might be very mean, but the point is, is that yes, they're doing well for themselves and they're making a lot, but they're also just too busy to essentially have a life outside of work, usually. Now, there are exceptions. With each of these types of guys I mentioned, yes, there are exceptions. So just just take that in mind. But for the most part, these finance bro guys work way too much. When they have free time, they're either hanging out with their friends or, I don't know, sleeping and eating. So the truth is, these types of guys, right, they're really focused on their career. They're trying to build a great foundation for themselves and their future prosperity. But they don't really have the time and the energy and the ability mentally to like, have a conversation with you and have a relationship. So these guys are fun friends, and sometimes, you know, if you want something very lighthearted and casual, that's fine, but these guys are not ready. Okay, honey, these these guys are not ready for a relationship. Okay, second guy, mission tenant. Okay, this guy lives at the club, the mission tenant. And actually, a lot of times, there's a big overlap between the finance bro guys and the mission tenant. And for those of you guys who may not know, Mission is a really popular Asian club. As an Asian gal, I love to go to the Asian clubs. Uh, but you know, if you're not Asian, you may not have been there or heard of it, but it's basically a big club where you go, you hang out with your friends, you drink, you listen to music, you dance. So, anyway, these are the basically the clubber guys, they live at the club, which means. After work, they go to the club with their friends. They could buy a table because that's what they and their guy friends do. Um, Or they're just like with their friends, like just having a grand time. And then they sleep at like 5 a.m. They like sleep during the day, the next day, and then they do everything over again. So these guys, right, are just having a blast. And usually these guys are new transplants to the city because they've either lived in like, I don't know, Boise, Idaho, if, I don't even know if Boise is going to Oh, my God. But they are basically living in, like, the middle of nowhere or San Francisco, which the clubs and the bars close at, like, 12, 12 a.m. So they have to be wholesome by nature. When they newly moved to New York, they're like, oh, my God, the world is an oyster. And you can, like, go to K-Town. You can bar hop and you can do all these things. And then they just go wild. Like they're just having a blast and they're just like going out day in and day out to the club. They live there. They're like, I pay rent in like Midtown East, Kips Bay, but I actually pay double rent because I also live in Mission. I don't know. So basically these people are also just having way too much fun to really devote any time to like actually going on dates and like like having a serious relationship too. And like I mentioned, there are always exceptions, right? Because to be honest, um, given my heavy going out phase, I often find myself at mission. And this is when I'm like hanging out with my friends and we're having a good time, we're getting drinks. So perhaps I relate a lot to the mission tenant. And, and do I think that I am ready for a relationship right now? That's a good question. Um, I would say that there are some exceptions you could go to the club and still be open to finding love okay so I will say that all right the third guy is our creative artsy guy usually okay so let me paint a picture usually this guy is very avant-garde he's very creative obviously and he chose to pursue his passions than have a typical New York finance job because he realizes I would rather do something I love than work 50 hours a day and not not be happy. So these are the kind of guys who either live in deep Brooklyn or New Jersey and they're just like doing their own thing. They're okay being, you know, themselves. And Unfortunately, you know, sometimes when you're pursuing your passions, I admire that a lot actually, but it could be hard to, uh, you know, turn that into a very sustainable living. And I'm not trying to be mean, but basically, you know, it's a trade off, right? If you do something that you truly love and enjoy, sometimes it may not just be your typical corporate, like very stable income kind of job. So, These guys are cool. They're usually fun to talk to. They have really interesting opinions. But is this guy going to take you to per se? No. Don't expect that anytime soon. So that's just the biggest heads up. For anyone who cares about that type of like, you know, finer dining, finer living, these are not the kind of guys who would be down for that. Okay. Fourth type of person or guy in New York City, is our classic tech bro. So this means that they either are a software engineer, product manager, or whatever. They they work in IT. And this also means that usually they're making a good income and they're building stuff that could change the world. So they're a little bit different than the finance bros because usually they're doing something that is a little bit more, you know, innovative and in my personal opinion, like fun and cool. They're not just like calculating EBITDA or typing in a spreadsheet. And I've never worked in finance. So honestly, I don't really know what goes down in the finance world that much, but I have worked in tech and I currently work in tech. So I know a little bit more about the tech bros life. So. They're usually doing something. They're, you know, building stuff, apps, you know, you might even use the stuff that they worked on. So it's pretty cool. So I would say that they have a cool job. And the beauty is they usually have a way better work-life balance. So the finance bros, right, on average, they work 70 hours a day. The tech bros usually they have it pretty great. They work nine to five, sometimes six, if it's a busy day. And then afterwards they have time. They have time to go out with their friends, do stuff. And then they usually have some sort of passion. And I say that because I think if you have time outside of work, you can usually spend that on a hobby. So I think these guys have the time to pursue their like passions and their hobbies. And, you know, life is pretty good. They're not that stressed because if the especially if they work at big tech, then not only do they get sponsored amazing lunches and a lot of other great perks, but they're they're just also very stable. They're probably not gonna go anywhere. Well, now's an interesting time in tech because tech is tech is not that great right now in terms of like a job stability. But in general, in the long-term view of things, like tech is a pretty stable job for a lot of people. Anyway, so Okay, usually the tech bro, the ones that I've met, they usually live in like, you know, a kind of fun, like lively area that's not Hell's Kitchen or Kip's Bay. So this is usually like Chelsea or K-Town. These guys, I think, are usually a little bit more down to date and have serious relationships because, like we said, they have the time. After work, they can meet you for drinks or dinner, um, and yeah, they're usually, I think, pretty smart and cool people to talk to. Now, is this a giveaway as to my type of guy? A little bit. OK, I'm, I, I am a fan of the tech bros, but there, there is a there's a point where the tech bros can also become very obnoxious, which is when they fit into the stereotype so well, which is they work nine to six, then they go to the rock climbing gym or the bouldering gym and they, I don't know, read about software. And then that's just like, okay, that's too much. It's like you're a walking stereotype. That's when it can get annoying. But in general, I would say that these are pretty great guys unless unless they're crazy. All right, moving on. The final category is the quote unquote other. So this is your like, Anyone who doesn't fit into the previous four categories, this is like your entrepreneur, your chefs, your salespeople, or I don't know, your YouTubers and e-gamers. To be quite frank, I haven't really met a lot of guys in those jobs, but I have, of course, met some entrepreneurs. There's, I think, some people in the food industry, but these guys, at least in my experience, i they're a little bit harder to find because most guys will fit into the first four categories. But anyway, I think um, because I haven't met a lot of these like other category guys, like I'm just gonna give a super high level description of these guys. I think they're different than the other four categories. And they may be great, they may have the time to date, and they may not, depending on their occupation. Alrighty, so let's move on. Uh so we've already discussed the types of guys in New York City. Now we're gonna discuss some tips for assessing guys early in the dating game. So let's just say you met one of the types of guys in New York City, and you know, you liked each other enough to decide you want to spend time with them at a bar. So here are some of my personal tips for assessing, you know, is this guy gonna be a good candidate? or not, early in the dating game. All right, first thing, does he pay on the first date? And yes, I am a feminist, and I know it is 2023, but we still love a generous and chivalrous guy. That has not changed. Women's empowerment has definitely made great strides, and that's beautiful, but we still like it when the guy pays on the first date, period. So first thing, like I said, Does he pay on the first date? Yes, great, okay? First of all, that means he's putting in the effort, he's interested in you, he is, you know, generous. However, if he doesn't pay on the first date, that's an immediate red flag for me, okay? No, 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 no. You can definitely find another great guy that looks like him, acts like him, but will pay for the first date. Now, if he hesitates, And he says, oh, like, are you sure you don't want to pay? Or like, he's ambiguous. And he's like, oh, are you also going to pay? I don't know. Like, he's just basically implying that he's not sure if he wants to pay. Then that's an amber flag. I would say you can just gently say, oh, like, you know, what did you prefer? And then if he says, yeah, I'm fine paying, that's great. However, if he basically implies that you should pay, that's another red flag. No. And I say this because I think it's always great for the guy to make a little bit more effort, especially if the girl put in the time and the effort to look cute, you know, do her hair or put on makeup or like buy her cute clothes. Then I think it's fair for the guy to put in a little bit of effort too and just treat her to the first drink, the first date. After that, it depends, right, on the dynamic. If the girl is comfortable splitting or treating the guy, that's great whatever floats the couple's boat. But for sure on the first date, the guy should always pay, in my opinion. All right, second thing is, how long ago was this guy's last relationship and how serious was it? Again, this is a very big indicator for how much mental space can he devote to you. The reason why is because there's two possibilities, or, or I should say three, one is, he just got out of a long term serious relationship, which means, for example, it could have been a month ago that he broke up with his girlfriend of four years. And this guy is for sure not over this girl. OK, he may be trying and he may be acting like it, but there's no way that he's forgotten his sweetheart of four years and just a month. So just keep that in mind if you're meeting a guy like this because he's most likely not ready for anything serious. And if you're okay with that, that's great. But just keep that in mind. Second possibility is this guy has never had a relationship. Okay, so maybe this guy was one of our finance bros and he just could not have any time because he was either working or sleeping and eating and he had no time to talk to anyone. So that could be a possibility or... He just, you know, chose on his own accord to not date because he didn't find anyone he liked. So in any of those possibilities, right? If he's never had a relationship, I would definitely say that's an amber flag. Because basically he doesn't know really what he wants, right? And he may not know how to handle a relationship. So you may need to be prepared to teach him some of your, you know, preferences in dating, teach him some of the ways that dating works. So if you're willing to put in some of that effort and you're willing to um, put up with some of the, like, inexperiences that may come with having no relationship, then that's fine. But just be aware that there might be some upfront investment in in this person. Third possibility is this guy did have a few relationships before, but it's been a while. So it's been like, I don't know, half a year or a year or, you know, like, Basically, a long time has passed since he's been seriously involved with somebody. And let's just say he also is like working hard, has time to meet people, go on dates. This is actually a really ideal situation because most likely at this point, he is he's taken the time to heal, he's over his ex, and he's ready to go out and meet new people and commit. So yeah, I think in this third category, that's like the sweet spot where if you do happen to find a guy like that, yeah, I think just you can spend more time to get to know him and see if you like him and then see where it goes. Alrighty guys, well, this was a lot of fun to talk about and there's a lot more I want to talk about. So stay tuned because I do want to have more, I want to have like a mini series about dating in the city. So this is the very first installment and the second episode will also be about dating, but you'll have to stay tuned to know what it is. So definitely stay tuned. If you want more behind the scenes or special announcements or interesting fun things like potentially quizzes or giveaways, then go to No Plans The Podcast on Instagram. Send me a DM, I respond to everyone. Follow the podcast on Spotify and yeah, would love to hear your thoughts too. If you have any thoughts about dating in New York, um, any other ways to assess dating in New York, types of guys in New York, let me know. I'd love to hear from you guys. I love you guys and thanks for listening. I'll See you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.